Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Well, I'm Kristen Smith, along with Jill Welke. And Jill, you had a fun weekend. I did. We you had, had Christmas in January. We had Christmas in January. And how was that? It was good. Lots of good food, lots of good laughs, and and the best part was everybody made it. Nice. So... That's always nice when the entire family can get together and no one's missing. Yep. Yep. My husband took my kids out sledding yesterday behind the four-wheeler. Okay. So two kids. You, you can now picture this in your mind. Little boy in the front, seven years old, 10-year-old in the back of the sled. And he's going. Well, they're, they're horsing around. Well, the snow is kind of deep right now. So then you're in these trails. Well, then the sled would tip. And there was one point in time, my husband looked back at the kids, and the kids were fine. And all of a sudden, my daughter starts yelling, he fell off, he fell off. He turns around and about 50 feet back, here's this little boy running after him. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he left. It was all safe. No one got hurt or anything. But it was so funny. Well, then, of course, they're horsing around again. Well, then she fell off. And then she's chasing him down the four-wheeler. He, he started, like, driving faster, just as like kind of like a funny little joke. But I could just see these two little kids running. I'm coming. but those are so fun of times to get outside enjoy that fresh air and that fun snow but boy then they come in and you know what they do they put their cold hands on me and you don't like cold no i don't so that i'm like warming up their hands and they stick their feet on me and i'm like you know i don't like the cold no you don't and then they put their coldness on me so grandma made them hot chocolates that made it all better But overall, we can't complain about the weekend. No. A little was a slick yet on the side roads. Beautiful weekend. But it was beautiful, yes. It was nice we had that fresh snow because otherwise the snow before now was pretty hard. Oh, my gosh, yes. That was... I, I spread manure and drove through it. And oof, that was some rough stuff. <laughs> I like that spread manure, drove through it. <laughs> well, I did. I didn't get stuck at least. <laughs> Well, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll be talking about Chippewa County this morning. That's going to be interesting. It will be interesting. But we'll catch you up on that in just a little bit. For those who work in acres, 
not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's a little bit foggy out there if you're just getting ready to wake up or you're just laying in bed listening to us going, oh, should I get up? Yes, you should. A little bit of fog out there, but not just too bad. We're looking at a high of 29 today. It's going to be a mostly cloudy day and some breeze, and there is a chance of snow, but they're saying not too much, so that's a good thing. 18 degrees and foggy. Monday morning, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. It's time to check in now with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The suspect in Saturday's deadly mass shooting in Southern California is dead. I can confirm that there are no outstanding suspects from the mass shooting incident that occurred in the city of Monterey Park. Authorities identified 72-year-old Hu Khan Tran as the Asian man who opened fire near a Lunar New Year celebration at a dance studio in Monterey Park, leaving 10 people dead. At least 10 others were wounded. The suspect was found dead Sunday from a self-inflicted gunshot wound after a standoff with police. Authorities are still looking for a motive. Senator Chris Coons says the discovery of classified documents in President Biden's possession will not be a deciding issue for voters in the next election. What's going to matter going forward um, is how this is handled. And President Biden has fully and promptly cooperated. Appearing on ABC's This Week, the Delaware Democrat says the issue is not one keeping Americans up at night, like the day-to-day concerns like inflation and the cost of prescription drugs. He also said the FBI's recent search of Biden's private residence in Delaware stood in stark contrast to the raid on former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida last summer. Coons said the distinguishing document between the two searches was a warrant. Vice President Harris marked the 50th anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision on Roe v. Wade over the weekend. During a speech yesterday in Florida, Harris announced that President Biden is issuing a memorandum to further protect access to medication abortion across the country. She noted that members of the cabinet and Biden's administration are being directed to identify barriers to access prescription medication. Harris also urged Congress to pass a bill to protect reproductive rights by saying Biden would sign it. And the Powerball jackpot is getting bigger. Lottery officials say nobody picked all six numbers in Saturday night's drawing. That means Monday night's jackpot in the multi-state lottery game will be worth $502 million. Saturday's numbers were 5, 14, 19, 46, 64. The Powerball number was 22. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're five minutes after the five o'clock hour Monday morning. And we mentioned just a little bit ago about Chippewa County. And the question is, will new rules apply to milk haulers driving on roads in Chippewa County this spring? Jill, what's going on with this? Well, that's the discussion going on. On how now, because in back in 2021, the County Highway Department was forced to close County Highway F in Chippewa County due to damage from unknown heavy loads being transported during the annual spring road ban period. The financial impact to the county taxpayers for the damages to the seven mile stretch of pavement is now exceeded $1.7 million. The new rules will include a $100 permit for each milk truck and milk haulers must attend a mandatory meeting to work through the required permitting procedures in order to receive that permit and haul milk for the county's 177 dairy herds. However, the Wisconsin Milk Haulers Association is formally objecting to the permit fee against commercial milk haulers. The association requests reconsideration of such action and the ability to discuss the matter further to find a better solution. 
If not, then the association will remain on record as strongly opposed to the fee for the Chippewa County Milk Haulers Overweight Permit. We'll keep you posted as we find out more. Gosh, that's going to be interesting to find out if they are going to implement that or not. It is kind of interesting, and I guess I wonder if they're the only ones that are driving on the road. What is the proof that it's just the milk haulers that are driving on mm-hmm. the road? You know, is somebody out there and seeing it and regulating it? That's that's my biggest question is who who is doing the damage and yeah, it's show a, me the proof. It's a lot of money, too. $1.7 million. Yeah, on a seven-mile seven mile stretch. Sheesh. It'll be, it's interesting because, you know, I live in Clark County and I've never heard of this. I mean, maybe there is such a thing and I just didn't know about it. But yeah, I mean, when we, when I worked in other businesses, you know, truckers just, we got a permit from the county saying, hey, we're going to run from here to here. That's how we have to transport this. And they went, okay. And we never had a problem, but interesting stuff. But is this road one that needed to be replaced a long time ago? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and we don't know that. We don't know all the facts. Yeah. So we'll keep you up to date as we find out more. But we've got to check in with some weather. That's going to be coming in next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at our morning weather, shall we? We're looking at a mostly cloudy day today with some breeze. Chance of snow a little bit later on, but high at 29 degrees. Tonight, there's a possible chance of snow, and it's going to be cloudy, low at 22 Tomorrow, very similar to today, cloudy, 29 degrees. Tomorrow night, cloudy, 22. Wednesday, though, we got some snow showers coming in. They're saying not too much yet, but some snow showers coming in, high at 27. Wednesday night, again, snow showers early on with a low of 18. Temps in the area right now, we've got Medford at 15 degrees. La Crosse is at 18. Marshfield, 17. Green Bay, 18 degrees. Rice Lake and Wausau, both at 16 degrees. Madison's at 21, Milwaukee's at 19, and right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area, we're at 18 degrees and foggy. We've got your morning markets. Those will be coming in next, and they'll be brought to you by... And this morning's markets, again, will be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, kick us off this morning. What's going on with the markets? We've got our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 144 to 160 with mixed at 105 to 143 and a half. Choice fed beef heifers are 144 to 161 with mixed at a dollar to a dollar 43 and a half. Choice fed Holstein steers are a dollar 30 to a dollar 44 with select and silage fed steers 86 to 129 and a half. Cows are 65 to 94 with bulls at 73 to 95. Butcher hogs are 40 to 71 with sows at 36 to 41 and a half. Boars are 20 to 32. Shore market lambs are 132 to 137. Feeder lambs are 150 to 250. Ewes are 65 to 90. Small goats are 22 and a half to $190. Medium goats are 105 to $225. Large goats are 170 to $340 with nanny goats at 40 to $240. Thank you, Jill. And switching over to the Mercantile Exchange, we've got live cattle for February at 156.62. That's up 67. April's at 159.92, up 80. June is at 156.57, up 57. Feeder cattle for January is at 177.92, down 17 cents. March is at 180.97, up 87 cents. April's at 185.77, up 62. Lean hogs for February is at 77.82, up $1.17. April's at 85.72, up $1.32. And May is at 93.80, up 62 cents. 
On the Chicago Board of Trade, on the overnight, we've got your March corn down three at 673. March oats down four at 367. March soybeans are down nine at 1497. March soybean meal down 450 a ton to 459.20 a ton. March wheat down a nickel at 736. Switching to the dairy side, barrel cheese had a rough day on Friday, down five and a half cents to $1.58. Your blocks were down nine and a half cents to $1.83 and a half. Double A grade butter remained unchanged at two thirty two and a quarter. Class three futures for January up four cents to nineteen forty nine. February down six at eighteen twenty four. March down a penny at seventeen ninety nine. April up two at eighteen thirty two. May down two at eighteen sixty four. And then the markets were mostly upward through twenty twenty three. Seventeen minutes after five o'clock this morning. And Jill mentioned last week that 60 family farmers and rural advocates gathered in Madison last week for Wisconsin Farmers Union's Farm and Rural Lobby Day. Among priorities discussed with representatives were support for clean water and conservation, expanding rural broadband, access to affordable health care, continued development of meat processing infrastructure, and increased staffing for antitrust enforcement. Lieutenant Governor Sarah Sarah Rodriguez provided a special welcome at the event and pointed to $100 million directed to the Farm Support Program, doubling of funding for dairy processor grants and a commitment of more than $15 million to bolster Wisconsin's meat processing supply chain and workforce. Wisconsin Farmers Union members will have the opportunity to lobby again this fall when hundreds of farmers from around the country will gather in Washington, D.C. for the National Farmers Union Fly-In. That's coming in September. So we look forward to hearing more about that. And now we're going to be hearing from Jill. Jill, you're going to be talking about Wisconsin's rural schools. We're going to be hearing from Jeff Eady. Jeff Eady. Eady. He's going to be coming in next with Jill. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report been thinking a lot about education lately, thinking a little bit outside the box from the ag department. And the rural schools have so much to do with how our agriculture is going to progress into the future and where we are now. I caught up with Jeff Eide. He's the executive director of Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance. Well, first off, tell me about the alliance. Well, the alliance was formed in 2012, uh, partially due because rural schools needed more of a voice in Madison. When it was formed, uh, it was designed to advocate and lobby for rural schools. We have WASDA, which is the District Administrators Alliance, or SAA, which is School Administrators Alliance, but they lobby for all schools. But rural schools didn't seem to have that voice needed. So, uh, in 2012, WURSA, it's called, Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance, was formed, and I am the third executive director for Wisconsin Rural Schools. What in your background helped you to fall into this job? That's a great question. Um, I've been in, ed- in education for 34 years. Uh, now 35, I'll consider this uh, the fifth, uh, 35th year. I've been a superintendent, a principal, associate principal, been in the classroom, and I've been rural schools pretty much all my life. And I just love the opportunities that rural schools can give to students and the ability to be able to grow in a rural area. Uh, We always love that kids can go anywhere, prepare them to go anywhere they want in the world, but we always want them to stay in our rural areas because they're just a wonderful place place to live and grow. You've started this job 
July 1st. Where did you come from? Um, I started July 1. Yes, that's correct. I am from Blair Taylor School District. Uh, that's where I was the superintendent. So that really brings you right to the rural areas. Yeah. I, uh, well, actually, I grew up in Whitehall, if we want to go there, so I'm not too far away. The Rural Schools Alliance is actually a state alliance, so it's for all schools within the state. I'm just basically living in a rural area in the Blair-Taylor area. So you're coming from a rural area, and you're helping out rural schools. What is your job as the executive director? Really advocating for the rural schools in Wisconsin. And in the technicality, I'm a lobbyist, so I'll be working pretty heavily with the biennium budget, wanting to support the needs for the funding area of the rural schools. Last two years have been pretty challenging, not only with COVID, but with the budget, uh, biennium budget, when there was no increase in the revenue limits. In the last two years, we're hoping that, uh, or actually we're going to be lobbying and uh, supporting, hopefully, uh, to that area, you know, the, the budget area. And currently, anything else big on the lobby agenda? Well, I was pretty excited that the Legislative Council took on what they called shared services. And there's going to be some legislation coming up in regard to shared services. We need to work together and be more cooperative together. We need to be able to share our kids easily, uh, share services much better. We have to be have transcripted credits. We have to have dual credits. We have to be able to work together to get that done. We're competing for kids and we should be cooperating more. Um, and that's what schools need to do to be successful. Uh, we are the economics. Uh, we are truly the economic driving force in rural areas and schools. And if we succeed in the rural areas and schools, the state needs to see uh, not only all schools, but our rural schools as the economic support for a success in Wisconsin. And you talked a bit about working together. What schools are you thinking, uh, tech schools, colleges, give me the gamut? We all need to work together, and we are working together. I mean, we've got transcripted credits coming, working. We've got dual credits working with colleges and technical colleges. But even the high schools or the school districts need to work together uh, in sharing their services. Uh, uh, Osseo Fairchild, we're in right now, they're talking about how they're working with TC and how well it's working. And that's what I came here for, to, to look at and, wa- and see what's happening. But they're doing such a great job having kids from other school districts come to be able to receive transcriptor credit or dual credit in the career tech area of mechatronics or they're taking mechatronics courses. I think it's, if I'm welding areas here in Osseo Fairchild and they also have, then they also have the construction area. And that is awesome that kids can come here and be able to get the services needed to be successful. And as you mentioned, working together, we're talking about way more than just schools and colleges working together. We're talking about businesses in the communities too, aren't we? You're 100% correct. Our businesses in all our areas, but the businesses are working with our school districts very well. They are supporting school, local school districts and rural school districts immensely. And uh, as Superintendent Whalen mentioned, the community of Osseo Fairchild and the surrounding area have been incredible contributors to this and beautiful facility not only financially, but uh, supporting the students in any capacity that they can. But they are, you know, really the backbone to support the schools. So we've talked a little bit about what you're currently working on. 
What do you see as some of the subjects in the future that you're going to be lobbying for or that schools need to be looking out for? Well, the next two years, or we're actually looking at uh, the biennium budget coming up, the budget process at, in Madison. Uh, we'll hit that heavy in January, February, and you'll start seeing uh, a budget come out from the governors and then governor, and then we'll uh, move from there. But uh, we just really need to keep lobbying for more support for all education, but for rural areas in particular. Um, there's something called revenue limits that have been imposed since 1993. And in essence, if you're not increasing the revenue limit, then you're not increasing any of the funding for school districts. And we got to make sure we're looking at that opportunity. Um, there are other ways that they're going to look at funding in the, in the future. Uh, right now, uh, the state uh, pays about 30% on uh, for the special education needs and if they could increase the amount that the state would pay in special education which i think the governor's budget and or the dpi budget said if we could move that to 45 percent that extra 15 percent which has to come out of the general fund in particular you got to take it from the general fund to pay for it because you got to pay for all your expenses your needs um that could actually be for all kids so, in essence, we're helping all kids if we can increase the special education funding from the state. Those are a few big-ticket items that we need to look at, but we need to continue to advocate for uh, rural schools and all schools to work together to be cooperative, uh, more than competitive. Uh, I think we have a system that's set up to compete with each other, and we need to be able to cooperate and work together to be a great educational system in Wisconsin. Now, I caught up with you here at Osseo Fairchild. What is the benefit that you're seeing getting right out and seeing these rural schools? Oh, it is just fun to come and visit rural schools and see all the great things that they have uh, going on. I mean, right now, as I'm sitting in Osseo Fairchild, I'm looking at the Tech Center, and they also have, I think they're working with uh, Mayo, and they have a uh, health services uh, opportunity too, but I've been able to go to Judah, which is across the state. I've been able to go to Monticello. I've been able to go to Maple up north and see all the great things that schools are doing for kids, for the opportunities for students in the future, to give them the opportunities, to give them the benefits to help them be successful in their future. I just really think this interview was so good it had so much content and it really shows the value that people are taking with the rural education you know hiring the lobbyist and he's jeff id is right out there and checking out these schools and seeing what they need and that's important actually getting to these schools and like what you said what do we need at these schools right and he's able to lobby for like exactly what their need is and he talks so much about the working together, not competing for students, CVTC, colleges, not competing for the students, getting together and making the best out of what you've got. Awesome. Good stuff, Jill. Thank you so much. We're at 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. We need to get moving this morning. We've got your morning markets coming in next. Rocky Olson will be with us soon. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Rocky must be a little bit busy this morning. We'll try and catch him here in just a little bit. So while we're waiting for him, 
Got to mark your calendars. We've got an event coming up. The 31st Annual Grassworks Grazing Conference. That's coming up February 2nd through the 4th at the Chula Vista Conference Center in the Dells. As an attendee, you'll have the opportunity to network and discuss your operations with new, and Jill, you're going to love this, seasoned grazers. I See like how I one. did that? Yeah, I like, I like the seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, speaking of another calendar event, too, there's another event coming up in Nilsville. It's on February 4th. It's for the Southern Clark County Sportsman's Club. And what they're doing is a fundraiser event for their conservation, for lake conservation. Hopefully we'll be hearing from them. I think this week, aren't we? Um, I'm going to get him into one of our long, he's one of our longer audios. So mm-hmm. I'll get him in here before too long. Excellent. Sounds great. Well, we're going to check in with Rocky one more time. And if he's, he, he's probably out busy. Who knows? I don't think the drinking cups freeze at this temp, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. Stuff happens in the barn. You can't help it. All right. We're going to check in with Rocky one more time. And yeah, we've got more weather news and markets coming up on Wax. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right. Well, Rocky must be out and about fixing something in the barn. Hopefully the cows didn't get out. Oof. I always hated chasing cows when it's cold outside and icy. Well, I always hated chasing in the dark. You know, but... <laughs> oh, that's the worst, especially when you got bulls out there. <laughs> well, oh. but, you know, <laughs> how fast can you get outside when you hear the cows are out? I know. Well, you know what? We should actually check outside right now. We're going to head over to our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Derek Dahlman, this morning. Hopefully the cows aren't running out in Eau Claire. How's it going this morning, Derek? Oh, he's not with us either. Well, <laughs> you know, maybe the cows are out or something's going on maybe or maybe just everybody just standing us up today i don't know i mean i don't think we're that scary (laughs) okay (laughs) what does that mean i'm not you could talk for you i'm not talking for you i'm not scary i am like an angel i'm like a fuzzy teddy bear you just squeeze and absolutely you are wow i see how it is Yeah, no, we'll have to check in with our weather here shortly. We'll wait for Derek Dahlman another moment or two. See if he comes in. I'm actually, I'm here. Oh, and I'm you cur- are. I'm there curious you- to what kind of conversation I just walked into. <laughs> well, we were saying uh, one of our markets, you know, he must be, you know, out and about chasing cattle. And I was hoping that there wasn't cows running around in Eau Claire. Uh, I, I hope not. I mean, I hope they're in pastures, not on roads. That's a good thing because no one wants to hit a cow. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I actually it's... had a family member that did, and it, it did a number to his truck. <laughs> oh, I would gather, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, at least you got some free ground beef, right? Yeah, like Leanne's joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were listening, huh? Oh, I was. I actually bought, I uh, laid one on Bob during my first weather. I said I had a dad joke about construction, but I'm still working on it. Ooh. He, he, he didn't catch the punchline. It went over his head. Well, you know, I understand it, you know. I'm glad someone does. Leanne did, too. I just told <laughs> Bob, drink more coffee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, let's get working this morning, Derek, and catch us up. What's going on with our weather? Well, overall, once again, still dealing with that cloud cover in place. There is a wedge of clearing just off to our west. There's a chance that makes it here, but if we do see any sunshine, going to be very brief as clouds going to fill back in for this afternoon ahead of a surface trough that could produce a few snow showers mainly near and north of I-94. Otherwise, winds do become breezy from the west and southwest, and those highs for the day likely to be reached later tonight into the upper 
upper 20s. Going into tonight, staying overcast. Temperatures dropped around 22 degrees. And then for tomorrow, still on the cloudy side of things, we'll see those temperatures back above average to around 29 before our next snow chance does arrive tomorrow night and into Wednesday with those high temperatures at around 27. Right now in Eau Claire, it's currently 17 degrees. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Derek Dahlman. So it dropped just one degree from earlier today. That's not too bad. No, not too bad, and unfortunately, like I said, it's going to be a very slow climb. That cloud cover just acts as an insulation barrier, and that just makes it hard to get those temperatures where we'd like them to be. Ah. So now, are you working on your bad dad jokes now that you have a little one at home? Oh, I, oh I've been working on those for a while. Actually, every Friday on my professional social media page, I do Dad Joke Fridays. So every, every Friday morning, I post one dad joke just, oh, okay. to, just to get people laughing going into the weekend. And how is your little peanut doing? Oh, he's doing phenomenal. He sleeps about every four hours, so can't complain there. And he is growing like wildfire, already over a month old. Oh, my gosh. Well, enjoy it. They grow up fast, and everyone tells you that, and it's true. It Time flies so much faster as soon as you have those kids. That is very true. So, we'll look forward to having number two, three, four, and five then. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Derek. Yep, you got it. There he goes. Skywarn 13 meteorologist Derek Dolman this morning. He says it's 17 degrees and a little foggy. Slow climb to 29. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning. we got to check in with some local news. And Morgan McCarthy is looking fabulous this morning. Good morning, Morgan. And we got a busy day going on over here. Catch us up. What's going on in the newsroom? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. Coming out of your weekend and plugging into a new week, we begin our Monday headlines with a home invasion and stolen car report in western Wisconsin. This was Dunn County and ended with a suspect being shot dead. With 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster brings us more. The sheriff in Dunn County says a man broke into an apartment in Menominee last night, fired a gun, and stole a car. A few hours later, officers spotted that car and pulled it over. That's when the sheriff says authorities shot and killed the suspect. A Dunn County deputy, along with an unspecified number of officers from the Menominee Police Department, have been placed on leave because of the shooting. The state's Department of Justice is now investigating the case. I'm John DeMaster. Well, maybe you had some luck with the tip-ups, but it's a reminder that this winter's ice isn't as strong as in years past. A sheriff in uh, Goodhue County, Minnesota, says six trucks fell through the ice on their side of Lake Pepin over the weekend. They were parked on the ice because there weren't any parking spots on the beach. Now, no one heard. Deputies say they towed all six trucks out of the water. Winter's been warmer than last winter, so DNR managers just want to remind you, be aware of that ice when you do head out. On the political stage, the Wisconsin Senate is ready to vote on the governor's appointees. Look a little bit closer at this as there's always uh, no shortage of political action in the state, and that includes Devin Lemahieu kicking some appointees the governor's way, sending over 200 to the state against boards and commissions for the Senate or up or down votes. The nominees will first have a hearing in front of the State House Committee. The Senate didn't approve any of the governor's major nominees during his first term. Lemahieu was quick to say that just because they're getting a vote doesn't mean that the appointees will be approved. While we're hanging out on the political slice of the pie, just a heads up, you can listen to more about what the governor has in store for Wisconsin State of the State speech set for tomorrow night. No official preview, but speculation and rumblings are that it'll be that we're pretty much used to that local school funding, local government funding, abortion access in the state, and also then after that, Republican leaders at the Capitol are set to deliver a response. Governor will speak at 7, Republicans to speak after that. Well, if you've tried to make that omelet and you don't want to let anything go to waste, maybe it's your own chickens in the coop right now that are laying those golden eggs, but high prices 
prices are likely to continue in stores, as the head of the state grocers association says, because large egg companies have more than doubled the wholesale price over the last year. President Brandon Scholz says you should shop around to see if maybe some locally produced eggs will give you a better deal. You also have uh, eggs produced at the local level um, that you know, enjoy a good relationship with their grocer and they sell their, their eggs uh, at retail. Agriculture advocacy group Farm Action says wholesalers like Eglin's Best or Land Lakes have engaged in price gouging. Well, we have our cheese heads, but who wants the cheese crown? Derek Van Orden. In fact, the new congressman wants to be the cheese king of Congress. Congressman Derek Van Orden was named to the House Committee on Agriculture last week. We talked about that. You probably remember, but he was the first Wisconsin member of that committee in nearly a decade. Van Orden says he wants to make sure dairy farmers are protected in the next farm bill. Said he wants to be an expert on dairy for Congress as that new bill is written. And speaking of cheese, you could have a lot of cheddar if you pick the right numbers. Lottery officials say nobody picked all six numbers in Saturday's drawing. That means Monday night's jackpot in the multi-state lottery game will be worth $502 million. The odds of matching all five numbers and the Powerball number is 1 in 293 million. I'm Mark Mayfield. And you can always hit the jackpot for farm news as we head back to the barn with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Aw, thank you so much, Morgan. Isn't she just the sweetest thing? She is. Yeah, I think we're going to keep her. I think we should. Yes, I think we should. <laughs> well, we kind of have to. I mean, she is looking at us, so. Yeah, we yeah. Gotta, we've got to mind our P's and Q's when she's around, don't we? Exactly. Well, even when she's not around. Well, I try. <laughs> there you go. All right, Joe, we got morning markets to get to. We got Jim Lindsay with us now. Good morning, Jim, and catch us up. How'd the sale go last week? Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.25 to $1.46. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.25 to $1.44. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.33 to $1.40. Choice Holstein steers, $1.20 to $1.32. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.19 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 72 to 82 at a top of 86. 60% of the cows sold from 55 to 71. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 54 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 85 to $1.20. Bottom 20% organic cows sold from 84 and down. Cold bulls sold from 70 to a dollar. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound up Holstein bull calves sold from 30 to 130 dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from 30 dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 100 to 220 dollars per head. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715. 715- 835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. You too, Jim. Thank you so much. And now we're going to head over to the Stratford Equity Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. Well, good morning to you ladies. And uh, just for your information, uh, today is National Pie Day. Ooh, you just made my day, Jerry. What no, kind of pie I, did I'm... you make? I didn't make any. I'm thinking you should go home and make one for your husband. No. I'm working. <laughs> I'm up early. I deserve to hit. Yeah, like, I should come home and there should be a pie sitting there for me. Oh, well, maybe there will be. Well, is he usually, is he up by this time? Maybe he's not listening. No, he's not listening. That's why I can talk smack. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, all right. Well, anyway, we uh, don't have anything too exciting going on in the weather, but uh why don't we give the folks a sales schedule this upcoming week here at Equity Stratford? Sounds good, Jerry. Take her away. All right. Uh, 
Kristen and Jill, good morning, and uh, good morning to everybody out there, and thank you. And uh, this will be the sales schedule this week here at Equity Stratford. Full marketing week on tap, as per usual. We do get started this morning at 10 o'clock. Monday morning, we sell market cows, uh, fed cattle this morning, and, and uh, market bulls. Our calf sale does start at 11.30, again, expecting a big run of calves. Uh, and like we saw last Monday, uh, for a stronger market on the calves, has been on the Monday auction. And we'll move into uh, Tuesday tomorrow, 10 o'clock hay auction tomorrow. And uh, following the hay auction at 11 o'clock will be the market sale tomorrow. And we do start the market sale on Tuesday with organic market cattle, which we do sell here every Tuesday at Stratford, followed by the conventional market cattle. Busy day on tap on Wednesday, uh, uh, full marketing day on Wednesday. And, of course, we do sell most of our fed cattle on Wednesday, so along with the market cows and market bulls, sheep, hog, and goats. Feeder cattle sale this week does start at 1230. Folks, we got a nice lineup of feeder cattle already. A lot of uh, four- to six-weight uh, beef cattle, a lot of black angus on the schedule. Also, some we do have a consignment of herfords weighing around six. Also on Wednesday, we do have 25 open Holstein heifers. Uh, they're going to weigh from about that 750 to 1,000 pound range. They will be on that sale for Wednesday's auction. And our Thursday sale does start 11 with market auction and baby calves. And again, folks, if you've got any questions, catalog and sign, we'd certainly like to hear from you at 715-687-4101. And uh, don't really think the weather is going to be an issue this week, other than a little chilly, but uh, most of the main roads are pretty good. Side roads, uh, well, some of those are pretty questionable yet, so I just drive careful and... Uh, other than that, um, kind of a blase weather forecast, isn't it? Yeah, pretty blah. We've got some fog right now, chance of snow today and tonight, and then again on Wednesday. But I guess it's not too much that they're calling for as of right now, so that's good. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, too, I wasn't paying attention too good this morning, but uh, was was the uh, Young Farmer uh, Award over the weekend, or is that this coming week? That's this coming week. Now you can talk. Okay. <laughs> Just had to turn on my mic. Um, that's this coming that's this coming weekend. Oh, it is. Okay. Yep. So uh, we'll talk about that after they come back. Yeah, because the reason I'm asking, because there's a young couple just, uh, well, actually, they're my neighbors, so they're in that, too. So good luck to everybody, I guess. So we'll see what happens next weekend, then. Yep. Yep. Good luck to all yeah. of those participating in that. And, Jerry, you have a great day, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Yeah, you too. And uh, uh, you let me know what kind of pie you get for from your husband for today. Oh, right? it better be a good one. <laughs> you ladies have a nice day, and thank you. Thank you. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Stratford Equity Barn. And Jill, you gonna make me a pie? I made two pies this weekend. Ooh, what kind? Uh, peach and uh, raspberry. And and you didn't I, bring me any. No, because. Oh. <laughs> Wow, I to turn off her mic pretty quick. <laughs> I, I used him yesterday for the family gatherings. So. Oh, well, then I'll, I'll forgive it. Well, you can forgive it or not. I still <laughs> didn't bring you one. <laughs> wow, I'm going to talk to Bob when he comes back about this. You go right ahead. I'm going to. <laughs> All right, we got more weather news and markets coming up next. Lots of the forages we produced last summer being fed. How good is it? Let's find out. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, on our next Go Alfalfa Update program has uh, a way to look at that. And then, you know, it used to be all eyeball. We just look and see how many leaves we had. Oh, that's pretty good alfalfa. But uh, technology has provided us a way to be more exact. That's right, Bob. Equation has been developed by Forage Genetics International and made available to forage testing labs that uh, allows you to 
send a sample in or any that you've taken for a forage analysis and additionally ask for the least percentage of that hay or silage. This can be of, of great value to you. The idea would be that if we're feeding dairy cows, we'd expect actually about 50% leaves and 50% stems, assuming we cut it about the bud stage. That has been pretty standard for us across five few years. There's little variability, but it's that's about what we'd expect. So if you analyze your haylage or your hay and you see significantly less than 50% leaves, uh, the first thing is it's important to be aware that in a dairy ration, the forage is going to have a little lower digestibility because it's less leaves. It's going to have a little slower rate of passage and this will affect feed intake. So this information might be good for your nutritionist. So do think about the quality that you have and what you're feeding and how knowing the leaf percentage might help you do a better job of feeding your cattle. The other thing to think about is if you analyze some of your samples and you see that you're consistently below 45% leaves, uh, then maybe it's worthwhile to start thinking about your equipment and your harvesting practices because someplace along the way you're losing 5 or 10% leaves. Uh, that's a yield reduction and it, uh, in addition to the quality loss. Uh, one of the things we really need to pay attention to is our yield per acre, and when we start losing leaves, that's a yield loss which at $200 a ton hay is a pretty significant figure nowadays. So I'd encourage you to analyze a few of your samples for the leaf percentage, see where you're at, use it for your ration balancing, but also use it to think about what you might do different next year. Do you need some different equipment? Does it need to be adjusted differently? Maybe we just need to operate a little bit differently. But for some reason, uh, if we're significantly below 50% leaves, we're losing a lot of, we're leaving a lot of the hay yield and quality in the field rather than harvesting it and feeding it to our animals. Yeah, the value of this hay, you don't want to leave it in the field, that's for sure. Dan Undersander with us again this morning, our state forage specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa update program. Thanks so much, Bob. And one last look at our morning markets. We've got your March corn down three at 673 on the Chicago Board of Trade. We've got your March oats down four at 367. March soybeans down nine at 1497. March soybean meal down 450 a ton to 459.20 a ton. March wheat down a nickel at 736. Country elevators in the area. We've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at 647 for corn. Baldwin's at 625 for corn, 1425 for beans. Northside and Loyal's at 618 and 1427. Northside and Arcadia, 637 and 1429. Durand is at 621 and 1419. Mondovi, 625 for corn, 1424 for beans. Elmwood's at 625 and 1429. Fall Creek at 612 and 1404. Osseo's at 630 and 1429. Elk Mound is at 621 for corn, 1427 for beans. Sparta's at 618 and 1419. Ellsworth is at 601 and 1375. 
Wheat and Grain in Chippewa is at 618 and 1437. And Wheat and Grain in Connersville is at 618 and 1432. As in all plants in the area, Boyce Hills at 643, Stanley's at 635, New Richmond's at 632. Switching to the dairy side, barrel cheese took a hit on Friday, down 5.5 cents to $1.58. Blocks were down 9.5 cents to $1.83.5. Your AA grade butter was unchanged at 232 and a quarter. And your class 3 futures for January up 4 cents to 1949. February down 6 at 1824. March down a penny to 1799. April up two at eighteen thirty two, May down two at eighteen sixty four, and then those markets were mostly upward trending through twenty twenty three. We're at seventeen degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. Looking for a high of twenty nine, some fog right now, cloudy breezy day with a chance of snow. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.